0: As humans, we all have areas of life to explore. The relationships with ourselves, others, our health, money, and our work are all crucial to not only our happiness, but our growth and ultimately helping you be your own magic. On Life, the podcast, we explore these relationships with some pretty dope humans and have some amazing conversations. I'm Ash, your coach and your host. Let's get into today's show. Did you know that your relationship with money could be holding you back from so much success? And it's just something that we all need to work on. I'm very passionate about that. Today's conversation is around a concept that I had never heard of. Maybe you have, financial therapy. I got into it with Asia Evans. She does financial therapy. And when I tell you, this conversation was everything that I needed to just help take me to the next level. And I hope it does that for you. Hi, Asia. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I am excited. I have been waiting for this interview because we are digging into something that I think every human being needs to talk about just... (laughs) I had never heard it pinned like this. And so I've been intrigued from the moment that I've interacted with you. Um, So first, if you can tell everyone, who are you in 10 seconds? Sure. So uh, my name is Asia Evans.
1: I am a licensed mental health counselor who focuses on financial therapy, which pretty much is just the intersection between your money and your feelings.
0: Man, I... That is something that I struggle with every single day, no matter what I try to do. And I've been working on it. So to hear it pinned like this, financial therapy is, I think, something that a lot of people need and don't, don't realize. Yeah, they don't know that they need it. And that's actually what's causing them anxiety and causing them a lot of stress. So um, why is that relationship? with money, between money and ourselves, so important. Well,
1: despite the fact that we wanna believe sometimes, and when I say we, I mean the collective we, and I'm talking about people in general, we wanna believe that we're not as emotional as we are. We wanna believe that we can tuck those emotions in and bury them and that they are gonna have no impact on our life when we just don't want them to. And unfortunately, that's not really how it works. Um, I thoroughly believe that if you bury your feelings and you tuck them in and you try to just put them somewhere that you only access them when you're in the mood, they will come out some way, shape, or form and probably are without you knowing it. And that same thing happens with our money. So the relationship about how you feel, what you're going through, what you learned, what you saw, what you heard, All of your life experience all goes into how you interact, how you believe, how you think about money. And that is anywhere from, hey, I'm going to the grocery store and this is how I grocery shop all the way up to, I'm going to go buy a house now. What does this look like? How did I prepare to buy a house? All of the messaging impacts what we do. So Money is extremely emotional and especially because we need it to survive the way our society is built. We need money, right? And it's not just, yes, do you have your basic needs met, but it's also, what do you want your lifestyle to look like? That's,
0: that's exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't realize until maybe like the last five years that one, I didn't know as much about money as I thought I knew. And two, that I had no idea maybe this is in the last year or so how how strong of an emotional hold or so much of an that it had on me and how to break free from that to still create this lifestyle by design but yes not be stressed while doing it. I don't know if that's possible but <laughs> <laughs> trying for it's it. gonna take some work some
1: time yeah. some effort right I I am an eternal optimist and I want to believe that it's possible for all of us to get to where we want. Um, and that is not to say that we are all on the level playing field to get to where we want. It's to say that I just believe that through support, through different things, through resources, like somehow, some way, I truly want to believe that we can all get to where we want to be um, financially and otherwise and in our mental health journey. But sometimes that means that we need some. Education and just acknowledgement that like, oh no, this isn't hard just because it, it feels hard for you. It's hard because there are a lot of other factors in play.
0: That that part right there, just the one being honest with ourselves is the is hard. And then the other factors in play and being honest about those makes it even harder. Um so financial therapy, people are like, I've never heard of it. What is it? How does it differ from traditional financial planning or counseling?
1: Yeah, so for a financial therapist, and I'm gonna talk about myself because different people operate and work differently. So when I am approaching a client and doing financial therapy, really what I'm talking about is the emotional aspect of money. There is a wide uh, spectrum When you talk about financial therapists, because there are people coming from the mental health side, like myself, but there are also people coming from the financial side. So there are certified financial planners who may also be financial therapists. There are financial advisors who also may be financial therapists. There are social workers or mental health counselors, like myself, who can be financial therapists at the same time. So really there is a spectrum and you have to know you as the potential client right have to know what you're looking for and who you're working with your provider will be able to tell you what they do and do not do so what i do is really dive into helping my clients understand their emotional connection to money what were the messages that they received when they were growing up how did people interact with money where there are different financial traumas that they might not have been aware of that impact what they do with their money now? What is the thread is how I like to call it? Mm-hmm. The thread or the narrative that has weaved its way throughout your life that is now impacting or making a, you know, in... what is the thread that is impacting your life with your money? And that is something that people don't always think about until you start to really dissect, oh, that happened and I did that. And I know I shouldn't have, that's not the best thing for my finances, but I did it again. And then I did it again and I did it again. So for me, it is really diving into what are the emotions that are causing you to do some of these behaviors that you don't want to do and how can we work through heal, and then move you to a place where you're being your most authentic self, showing up for yourself, your family, your friends,
0: and your money. What are some of the most common emotional barriers that you see?
1: I would say... And this goes for the population that I work with the most. So usually the the people I'm working with are black women. Mm -hmm. I do have people who are outside of that category, but most of my clients are black, black women. I'm a black woman. And I think that's why I end up attracting people who look like me and are in and around the same age group that I happen to be in as well. I would say the biggest things that come up for my clients are that they have lived through some sort of scarcity when they were growing up and now they have more money. They have more money than their parents, potentially. They might be first-generation wealth builders. And there is a lot of guilt and a lot of shame that comes with that. And navigating what that looks like to want to continue building wealth, but knowing that it is different from where you came from and feeling a little bit bad about it. I will also say that there are feelings of because of growing up and not having as many financial resources, those feelings are still with them now, Mm -hmm. even though they may have the money to spend on other things, on the extras, on vacations. Figuring out how they can actually spend the money and not hoard their money or not feel bad about spending it because their money narrative in the past has come from a place of not having enough can be really complex to people. And then just feeling like they're confident enough to do the things they need to do with their money. I would say investing is a huge one. People feel like they need to know all of the things before you're investing. And I just want to let people know, like a little PSA, if you have a 401k and it is invested, not just vested, but invested, you are investing. (laughs) You do not need to be checking the stock market every single day and paying attention to be invested. And I think there's this image that comes along with it. So people like, oh no, I need to be be doing more investments. I need to like, no, girl, if you got a 401k, if you have any kind of retirement, something set up and it is in the market, you're investing, you're doing it.
0: What about people who feel like, so that's like one subset of people, but what about people who feel like, man, I have gotten myself in this hole that I probably will never get out of. I just wanna go get under the covers. Ignore the phone calls. Do you have clients like that as well?
1: Yes. Yes. The avoidance.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The avoidance and the avoidance is coming through fear. I have a few clients that I'm working with right now where I'm like, okay, let's check the numbers and we do it in session.
0: Mm. And I'm
1: like, we're going to check the numbers together. I'm here with you. What's coming up. Let's check the numbers. And we go through the statements. What's the bank account? What's the credit card? What's the next credit card? What is the next credit card? Where do you have money that somebody is asking you for owed money? Literally, let's check the statements together. And I won't even tell them to add it up. If they want to, they can, of course. But I will sit there with my notes and I will add it up so that we can know. And then we just stop and pause and just like process the emotions because that's really difficult to do when you're avoiding it, especially because you're scared. Yeah. But what I have found with my clients is that if I'm walking them through it and they feel supported, they, they go through their moments of shame, honestly. And that is very difficult, but they know that I care about them and that this is only the beginning to get them to the place that they feel better. So they have a plan. And once they have a plan, the relief, the relief, Like, that's what I'm here for. I want the relief. And now how do we make sure this doesn't happen again?
0: It's like, I don't have to feel like this my entire life. There are options. And what about couples Uh, navigating financial conflict?
1: Yeah. I mean, as we know, money (laughs) is, is one of the top reasons why people separate and get divorces and, Communication. It is all about communication. You can have financial conflict and maybe not be on the same page with your partner, but if you two are communicating and developing a plan together, that both parties feel seen, feel heard and are on the right track together to figure this out, then we're okay. You don't have to be on the same exact page, but you both have to respect each other and what you're trying to do.
0: Mm. (laughs) Like that. I like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. Okay, so I don't know if these go together or not, but does self-esteem play a role in in how we in our relationship with money?
1: Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Resounding. Yes, yes, yes. One major coping skill that people use with money is spending and doing so to help themselves feel better. So if you have ever felt bad about yourself or you're in a bad place or you're just feeling really down, your negative self-talk is saying all the horrible things to you that nobody else would, but your negative self is just like really ripping in. It's really easy to be like, I need to go to Sephora today.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Or I need to go shopping today. I'm going to get this... You can come up with something. Water bottle, right? Yeah. Not calling anybody out, no brands. But no, I need this water I bottle I right? <laughs> this like, right, that I don't need, but I'm. <laughs> this water bottle. Then... The one. Yes. You know it. <laughs> right? I'm going to get this and it's going to change my life. It's going to make me feel better. I'm going to do all the things that I promised myself I was going to do because I bought this new thing. And It is new and it's shiny and I feel motivated and inspired. Now, listen, if your water bottle is going to help you get up at five o'clock in the morning so that you can work out before you start your day, hell yes. But how long does that last? And that's the difference. You can spend your money trying to turn yourself into this person without the motivation coming from within and it's just coming from the purchase. So I use myself as an example, and this is a new example because I just had this realization, which is very interesting because I do this work, but I made my own connection with money, my own money narrative, that story. I was able to piece it together from when I was younger mm-hmm. and why there are times, why it's a, like almost like a trigger for me to want to go spend money on certain things from when I was younger. And what was going on is that I was in high school and I didn't feel cool, (laughs) right? So my self-esteem when I was younger at a time where it is very developmentally in line, right? For middle schoolers, high schoolers to be like, ah, I'm not cool enough. Wouldn't it be better if I had this shoe? Or it would be, I would be cool if I did this or I'd feel more popular or maybe this person I like would like me back if I bought this, if I had this. I realized that sometimes that would play out in my adult life and I would go spend money to do that. Mm. And it was particularly when I was in my twenties, but it was around shopping and it was around clothes and had nothing to do with my clothes. My clothes were fine. I looked great, but I convinced myself that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't as adequate as others unless I I had the latest and greatest. And it really was only about how I felt about myself.
0: This is like a whole session in itself right now <laughs> for probably for everybody listening, but even for me, you just made me think about some of the things that I do. like I sit in the house and I'm like, "Hmm, I need to go buy a new such and such. It's not that I don't already have it. I just want the new one instead of saying yeah. no, I don't know, <laughs> this money needs to go here for this." to put this down and then I can go do that. So yeah, I needed all of that uh, <laughs> right there. Yep.
1: And and it's a big deal. And I think it's really easy to blow past it because we're not used to thinking about how our money is impacting our feelings or how our feelings then impact our bank accounts, our wallets, our our credit scores. Mm-hmm. And they're just completely connected and i want to make sure i say too that i am not here to say you cannot go shopping <laughs> i am not telling you that please go shopping if you can afford yeah. it the beauty of this work is that when you can afford it right say to your example of like what about people who might be avoiding it if you're in a ton of debt what would your life look like if you didn't have that debt and can go buy that nice nice cute workout set without it being a problem right no anxiety of wow that money could have gone to that bill or it could have gone here i can afford this and maybe it might not be coming from the best place but it's not going to put me in a worse place financially if i do buy it yeah
0: yeah so we just have to be mindful of those decisions that we make today the consequences yes. and you know how it sets us up in the future or whatever that may be so how can how can people like they want to come work with you. How do that, how do you help them develop, um, create healthy and sustainable relationships? Cause that's the piece of it with money, regardless of their income level, their financial situation.
1: Uh, so it's a long process sometimes, mm-hmm. right? But it goes back to what I said before, when it's looking at some of those narratives that you have been told throughout your life that really may have helped you in the past, but now deciding, are they serving you? Are they working? And that could be self-esteem. That might be a trigger for people. So they buy or shop or do other things with their money when they are not feeling the best that could be eating. I mean, I will spend my money on some Mm. food. I sure will. I love it (laughs) and happily, happily do Mm it. Um, is it convenience, right? Like ordering out is looking at your money and realizing where your money is going. It tells you where you're valuing things. So it could be convenience. It could be self-esteem. It could be worry. I'll spend. People will spend a lot of money on things to make sure everybody's okay and safe. So dissecting what the narratives are that you grew up with. Are they serving you currently is one thing. Looking at the actual money, right? Where are you spending your money What does that tell you about what you value or what you're trying to make up for, and now looking at is it serving you now, and what do we need to do differently so that you can get out of this situation, if you are in a financial crisis, and get you to a place of stability so that you can do this in a way that is for fun. So. It is looking through and helping people bolster their self-esteem. It is recognizing that something might've been traumatic in the past and how do you heal from that and move forward so that you are regulating your system and not spending in a heightened state. So a lot of it is about reworking old messages finding out how those old messages are impacting you presently. And then over and over and over again, practicing new behaviors that allow you to feel better about yourself and your money.
0: This, this has been so good. Um, I wish we could like do this every week, but people can get more, they Thanks. can get more of you. Like how tell everyone, like how can they, if they wanted to work with you or where can they hear more of you, see more of you, Yeah. So I'm on the socials. Come follow me. Come on this
1: journey (laughs) talking about this money and these feelings because I just cannot accept that people feel so awful about their money. I just refuse to accept it. So you can follow me at Asia E therapy. So A-J-A-E therapy on Instagram. I'm on TikTok now doing it. And then my website is AsiaEvansCounseling.com.
0: So if someone wants to work with you, they can come to your website and find you there. Yeah. this is Yep. Yep. Find
1: me there. Send a, an email or, I mean, happily slide into my
0: DMs, right? Like that's fine <laughs> yeah. with me as well. This mm-hmm. is so helpful. Okay. So what advice do you have for the listeners who are on a journey and how can they become their own magic? Yeah. So,
1: I mean, first acknowledge that you feel bad if that's what's going on. Acknowledge how you feel about your money. If it's bad, it's bad. That's okay. If it's shame, it's shame. That's okay. Like this is not to beat yourself up. It's just to acknowledge what's happening and then decide what you need. What do I need to get better? Is that a financial therapist? Is that some financial education, right? Like you don't know what you don't know. So figuring out where you can get said education, that you can accept it. I think a lot of times people will say, oh, great, I'm going to go buy this huge textbook on finance and now I'm going to understand it. Don't do that. If you're not going to into reading finance textbooks, please don't go do that because you're not going to get through the book, right? Do something in a way that works for you. I like reading and taking notes. That works for me. If somebody's like, hey, I want to get my information from social media, that's fine, but make sure you are going to a credible source.
0: <sighs> yes. Yes. I, you know,
1: right? That's the key.
0: As, <laughs> as you were talking, and I know we're closing out, I, I have to bring it back really quick. I don't want people to think like, oh, financial therapy is if you're doing bad or if you have these bad feelings or these guilty feelings. There are 100% people that are comfortable right now. And so maybe they're struggling with the idea of creating more wealth because some people struggle with that. They don't feel like I need to have more or I deserve to have more. I just want to be comfortable. You help those people as well, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I think what happens with me and my services, and it's unfortunate, but it's by way of being a black woman and seeing black people is that. A lot of our stories are coming from scarcity and it's unfortunate. There is a huge racial wealth gap, right? It's massive. And this is, this is statistics. This is, this is data. It's not something that I'm just making up. This is the experience of many people. And I think when you're talking about financial therapy, it's really easy to assume people are coming from scarcity, that they're not coming from um, enough money or they grew up poor or, or, they're uncomfortable because of that. That is not always the case. You can grow up very wealthy and still need to talk about your money and how it may have been used, right? Like as manipulation or living up to other people in your family or the pressures that you feel to make it the same way. That is just as important as the other side too. So I think that there's a fun thing of like, my problems are bigger problems than yours or rich people don't have problems or get to have problems. No, people are people. And I'm just not here for people feeling bad anymore. I'm not
0: about it. So I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on and for this conversation. I know it's helped me and it's going to help so many others. (laughs) Great. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am Ash, your coach. On all platforms, at Ash, your coach. A-S-H-Y-O-U-R-C-O-A-C-H. You can also visit ashyourcoach.com. Make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, comment. Tell me what you want to see more of. This is an amazing show with amazing humans, and I am glad that you are a part of it. See you guys next time.